my name's Martin SFP Bryant, and this is Geek Out Weekly. We've been off Spacecasts for a couple of weeks, but now Matt Navarra and I are back to make sense of the week's social media news as we discuss the contents of our Geek Out newsletter, which goes out every Friday. You can find the newsletter at geekout.co slash profile slash geekout if you'd like to follow along. But now over to Matt to get us started. So yeah, one of the small things this week that was just a big deal to me, because it's just a silly little thing, is that Twitter now uh, are looking at this feature for making it clearer when you're tweeting from one of your company accounts or your personal account. And so you don't make the dreaded error of uh, tweeting out from an account when you're working as a social media manager that you don't really want to be tweeting from. And I had friends who used to manage accounts for things like 10 Downing Street, as well as some of the biggest brands. And I bet they would love to have that feature chains tool as quickly as possible uh have you ever done that to tweet it out from an account you shouldn't have done martin uh i'm sure i have yes yeah i'm, I'm sure i have uh, it's one of those things where you just get that one moment of it, it's the, the the pain in your hands i don't know if you get that that kind of anxiety anxiety pang that goes through your hands it's like <gasps> i just yeah. i just push it i've done it before when i've been on tweet deck and i pushed a tweet out from the next web i would imagine it would have been from <laughs> and then because i've switched between different um, um, bits on tweet deck and other things i thought oh my god i just sent that and it was something really bad and then i think oh no i didn't i'm all right okay it's okay so yeah <laughs> That time, the time the UK Prime Minister liked your tweet about gifts on Facebook, that was they, no, they retweeted it. Was when Theresa they retweeted May, it. <laughs> so, uh, Theresa May's number ten Downing Street account um, retweeted a tweet about Facebook having gifts for the first time, and then number ten Downing Street quickly retracted that retweet. So that was quite amusing. I was like looking on the train. I was like. The Prime Minister just retweet my tweet. What the hell's going on? That was odd. Um, In unrelated, but still Facebook matters, um, a couple of things from this week was a feature for Facebook stories. You know, Facebook is still really trying to, seems like quite keen to get people to use Facebook stories more. Um, Like they've been doing with Reels, they're putting also putting stories in a more kind of prominent position because at the moment when you're on Facebook in the app or in, in on desktop, of course, there's a little tray at the top and uh, that's basically where you get your stories uh, feed from. But now there's been a notification that people have seen in their newsfeed saying that they're going to start seeing their friends' story posts from Facebook stories in their newsfeed when they're scrolling through. It will show you whatever was in their story. So you can't escape the stories if you uh if you don't really want to see them then i don't know maybe there's an option to turn them off have you do you use facebook stories at all or do you just use it cross post from instagram when you do literally it just cross posting yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I use instagram far more than i do facebook facebook usage for me is generally scrolling through the app liking a few things from friends um managing a facebook group and and that's it really yeah yeah, yeah, I think you're probably one of many that does the same. I um, I'm, I will just cross post between the two, just whichever one I seem to be in at that time. As long as the same thing goes to both of them, I don't really distinguish with them at the moment too much personally. Um, another news to do with TikTok, uh, they've got this game uh, gaming hub. At the moment, it just seems to be in the discovery tab. Excuse me, I'm going to cough for a moment. <coughs> in the discovery tab where you can... Uh, you go at the top. There's a, a selection of different things that they, you know you can scroll through. That big features within TikTok for that week, whatever they're promoting, like Euros or whatever. And one of them is a gaming hub, but it doesn't seem that exciting at the moment. It just seemed to have uh, some accounts that are worth following from the world of gaming that people are on 
TikTok, and then um, a few kind of top videos are worth looking at. So um, who knows? Maybe they'll do more with it because everyone seems to want to do something with gaming anyway. Um, Facebook has also got this like LinkedIn CV kind of creation tool. I don't know how long it's been there. It could have been there a while, but I think it might. I think I've read something this week suggesting it might have been new, but just snuck out. Uh, and it's if you go into certainly on iOS for me, if you go into the job section of the app, and there's it will prompt you pretty clearly that you can create. Uh, your own CV based on your information on your profile uh, or maybe even your page I'm not sure uh, and then it goes through a few questions and then it gives you a really really basic it's not that exciting um, CV which you can use to apply for quick quick application of jobs within the iOS app I don't think I've ever used the jobs feature in Facebook have you? No uh, I, to be honest I, I don't think I've applied for a job in years so <laughs> so, so it's not something I've uh, I've really uh, I've really needed to do but uh, but uh, for, for certain people in certain kinds of jobs I can see um, jobs in Facebook being a good thing and so if you're going to be applying for jobs having a CV feature makes perfect sense yeah I, I just noticing, by the way, on my I'm on my iPhone and it's giving me a message saying that reconnecting and not showing, you know, not connecting to this space. But I'm, I'm assuming that we haven't got connection issues. If, it, if I have, someone will have to flag it to me. But at the moment, it keeps on giving me a weird message. No, um, it's definitely coming through fine. Oh, that's all good then. Uh, and also TikTok announced this, um, uh, well, didn't announce actually, it was sort of leaked or someone who has had the feature made it known to more people about shout outs, which is a tool, which is kind of like a cameo slash many other platform type thing, uh, rip off where you can, um, as a TikTok creator, you can start selling like shout outs to people who, and, and make money off of it and charge them for it through TikTok for, you know, little clips of things. So if you're quite a big influencer or celebrity, this is another way you could monetize. Um, I think i'm allowed to say and if i'm not i'm gonna get in trouble but i think i'm allowed i'm part of this tiktok um um tech insiders club thing that tiktok runs which they do with a selection of people not very many as far as i know it's a new thing and they go through a lot of bits and pieces that uh, could be coming out and stuff and it's always interesting to see which features they mention which we're not allowed to talk about um and then the features we can and then which ones actually make it out and so um, some of them are starting to, to creep out now so hopefully when they're more uh, announced um we'll be able to discuss them more in this uh, in this uh, twitter space as well um other bit of big news this week was well from norway did you see the story about the the law change um for um requiring social media influencers and celebrities which i didn't catch what the criteria was for that definition by the way um that you have to they have to disclose when a sponsored post contains an image or a video that's been altered or enhanced with a filter or an effect um so there's lots of good intention in that isn't there and and, it, and i actually tweeted and several other people i'm sure have tweeted about that as an idea in terms of if if you're doing something that makes you look that not like yourself that that's you maybe younger users would benefit from knowing that actually isn't how they really look to help their self-esteem or or just to make them realize what's real and what's not real in these days um but they can have like all of these things in unintended consequences um and and will it even work what do you reckon do you think that's a, a good addition if that if that's the way it goes yeah because if it was for all posts then i think there'd be more room for debate about it but i think with sponsored posts where people are getting paid for it so it's an ad essentially i think that they should be uh, regulated like other ads are and if there's any room for misleading people now you could say that uh, uh, an ad on tv probably you know the the uh, the, the people in, in the ads have have makeup on and it might not be disclosed that they have makeup on but you'd kind of assume they would so just in the same way i, I think uh, with uh, the uh, with uh, social ads i think if you've got um, a a pretense of authenticity which is actually false because they're using 
touched up images using filters etc then i think it's important to make sure that's clear in an ad and i think so that that makes perfect sense that uh, the regulation is catching up with the way that people advertise um so yeah i, I think it's fine and also, you know, I should a hat tip to, to Kayvon, who's joined us, I noticed, from Twitter. Hello. Um, but we, I was just going to come on and talk a bit about the Twitter's now doing more with labels as well. And so they've started talking. I don't know if it's in place yet. Is it the, the um, parody label and potentially having bot markers and labels and things? And there's other labels for lots of other things. And so it's kind of the in thing at the moment to, to label things as a warning, to give people more information, more choice. Yeah. But someone did mention to me, I don't, I don't want to claim it as my kind of thought, because I think someone might have tweeted it in response to me but once you label everything or start labeling lots of things those labels quite quickly lose their value especially if they're not dynamic or changed in any way because people can sort of blind to them and then the value of them is lost a little bit so yeah i'm not sure how much of that is a problem as well yeah and also i think there is this whole thing of people making assumptions that certain things are bad for people's mental health and then when they actually do a study of it it turns out actually it's it's not that much of an issue so yeah all these things around um uh what was it there, there was something recently there was a study recently uh, that found that something that everyone assumed was bad for your mental health probably isn't actually that much um uh it's like just it was like counts and um uh, so obviously uh instagram and facebook have been looking at uh, making uh, uh like visible like counts optional and they've introduced that in instagram and actually uh, if you do a study in it then it's not necessarily a clear-cut thing that they are absolutely uh, things that are um, uh, that are harmful, um, and actually, it's more more just an assumption that they're harmful. So uh, maybe we've got another case of that here, but I don't think it's a, a bad thing that social ads are catching up in the regulation world. Absolutely. Um, let's skip through some of the other small bits of news, and then we'll get into the bigger stories that have gone on this week. But the um, some bits in the newsletter this week around uh, there's an article, isn't it? By is it is it Ben Thompson that wrote it? I can't remember to check, but um, it's a really in depth piece that I think um, Adam Mosery from Instagram shared out as well about kind of the evolution of Instagram, the past, mm, the present, yeah. and the future of it, and it goes into quite a lot of detail around kind of you know the big shifts that the apps had to make to kind of move with the, the t- changing tastes and uh, trends in sort of social apps in, in the last um, 10 years. Um, so, yeah, it's the third item on the list in my, in case you missed it, bit of the newsletter. Um, but I'll, um, I'll tweet it out again after this as well, and I should try and share into the space. Um, a few other things as well. Um, there's a bit, there's a really good piece of um, um, writing um, done in uh, the Vox, uh, Vox.com, which is about deep fakes on TikTok. And kind of, although the ability to create a deep fake, like the ones we saw with, deep, you know, the deep Tom Cruise ones, you know, that was spent months and, and expert hours from people to kind of create those small TikToks. The, the ability of some of the, you know, the AI and kind of the filters and the effects and all of that kind of tech that's doing that now is getting to the point where it's really starting to be abused in a kind of, kind of creepy ways. And there was a story about uh, a video that went um, viral um, this week. I think it was all the last couple of weeks on TikTok around somebody that was basically making himself using some of this tech to look a lot younger, almost, well, <laughs> basically below the legal age kind of oh. younger and trying to lure people in, to, in terms of the content that they were putting out and stuff, some really dark stuff. But it just starts to show you a little glimpse a bit, you know, into what kind of we're headed with some of this stuff. And it's going to be some of the new challenges for the platforms beyond all the existing problems that they, they have to tackle day to day anyway. Um, but let's go into the kind of the main story that we've got in the newsletter, which is about Mr. Trump. We like discussing uh-huh. Trump. 
Um, so yeah, he, so again, he's in the news again. As soon as I saw this story about he, you know Trump's suing you know Twitter's Jack Dorsey and and Google's boss and, and Zuckerberg and everybody else, um, it just instantly just slightly glaze over. But also just for pure amusement, read through what the detail is. Um, but for, you know for the, the the headline really is this is a, so it's a class action, isn't it? And so people who have been banned from Facebook who want to join in this kind of uh, litigation against um, these platforms for being banned. Stuff can can do so, but I think nearly universally everywhere I've read in terms of you know both legal experts as well as social media professionals and anyone else, it's just kind of like it's just more Trump hot air distraction ta- tactics to move you away from something else that's going on, and it, it's just really not about that. What what did you make of all of the kind of fanfare about this this week? Uh, totally, I, I'm annoyed actually because in the Tech Revolution newsletter that I do on Wednesdays, um, I uh, I wrote the how much we hate um, that uh, our, our eyes roll and our keys, our fingers can barely touch the keyboards when we have to talk about uh, Trump in uh, the Geek Out newsletter because he always seems to come up even though he's no longer president anymore. And literally, like two hours later or an hour later or something, this news came out. I was like, we're going to have to do it again this week, can't we? And yeah. Uh, but yeah. But yeah, it's just noise. It, it's it's just showboating. It's saying, "Hey, look, I'm still here," because this is something that probably won't even stand up in court if it gets, uh, you know, if it, if it gets as far as uh, going to court. It's uh, just noise. It's just him trying to stay relevant, trying to raise money as well. Because as soon as he announced it, we did the press conference, uh, put out the announcement. Uh, he was sending out uh, fundraising messages to his uh, massive mailing list, saying, "Come and give us m- money for this uh, legal." action it's the best thing ever all that kind of thing and it's just a great way of bringing in money so whether he actually takes this case forward or not he's getting a lot more money from his supporters uh, who will uh, throw money at him because they love him so uh, yeah uh, i can't see them being too troubled about this at places like facebook and twitter no, and, uh, and there's also some other news, in, in, um, not really related directly, but still kind of the Trump names in there with the app, of course, and out there. What was it called? Can't remember. It's some stupid name, wasn't it? Um, uh, but either way, it's Getter. Uh, or Getter, that's it, because uh, it was a bit, yeah, not, not the best name. Uh, it's something that's now gone and scraped a load of email addresses and account details. I, I think the number was 90,000, that comes to the top of my mind, um, off of there, um, which is, we've seen it before with some of these kind of like quickly made or kind of less polished and well you know developed um apps and uh seem to also involve trump or someone else that's dodgy you know so yeah that's been uh, a problem for him as well this week but but yeah this stuff here in terms of the court action it, other you know you can't not write about it in some way i guess if you're covering tech and and all this kind of stuff when you kind of want to ignore it but uh it's still nonetheless it, it made for a lot of headlines and i think that the, yeah. the commentary was all much the same but um, sticking with um stuff to do with um mark zuckerberg and things is uh, this news about uh, his relationship with Sheryl Sandberg. Um, and so this week has been kind of a lot of like whispers and kind of movements and quite some big developments because there's also the news as well about um, uh, one of the main execs leaving and moving on to another company as well, which we'll come on to. But but this particular story suggests that there is a, somewhat of a rift or a distancing between uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg around the uh, stuff that's been going on in the last few months with, with and all the challenges they've had with COVID and, and things to do with um, going on in Washington DC and her role and her level of influence in there and there was a funny because this story it was sort of 
introduced to us, I think, by Ryan Mack, who tweeted out, I think, about the fact that uh, there was discussion internally in Facebook um, ahead of the kind of excerpt from this new book, where some of this detail comes from. Um, it was kind of made known to the teams inside Facebook. And uh, and then we saw this also, this uh, kind of fake-looking walk-by and outdoors <laughs> caught on camera by uh, one of the news crews of Mark Zuckerberg and Charles Sandberg were walking kind of next to each other quite friendly. Um, so loads of stuff in here to unpack. Um, what, what do you make of kind of the book? First of all, I think is going to be a great read, whatever. But, um, but this particular story and the relationships of what's going on at Facebook. Yeah, well, I think it's interesting that Facebook seems to be gearing up for weeks of revelations from this book as the publicity machine uh, gears up uh, for it. Uh, so uh, I think there's going to be a lot more from this book. And uh, it seems to be well reported. It seems to be well sourced. Uh, but I think the, the problem is with these kinds of stories is that the picture that's painted based on interviews from multiple sources coloured by the journalist's own preconceptions and the journalist's narrative they have in mind. It might be entirely fact-based, but they want to, they have to paint a picture and tell a story through, this, uh, through what they write. And so I can understand why Facebook may not, and Facebook employees may not agree that what is in the book and in the article uh, is an accurate uh, description of what's going on, um, and uh, so we don't, we, we can't say unless you're, you know, in the, in the inner circle uh, at Facebook, you're not going to really know what's going on and what what the exact truth is here. You're only going to either hear gossip or you're going to read about it in the press and not really know for sure. So I don't think it's worth speculating too much. But the very fact that they're being photographed together in a rather contrived way, but still being photographed together. Uh, shows that even if there's been a change in their relationship over the last few years, last few months, uh, they're still very much on the same team. So I don't think there's that much we should uh, read into this beyond the book's going to be really interesting. Yeah, and just so for those who didn't catch the full sort of detail of the story, what we've included in the newsletter a clip from the article which said, um, so the article said, the Trump era tested a central relationship at Facebook between Sandberg and Mr. Zuckerberg, and she became increasingly isolated. Her role as the CEO's second in command was less certain with his elevation of several other execs and with her diminishing influence in Washington. Uh, and there's just this, it goes on to talk about kind of a, a more widely held view in the sort of upper parts of the company that uh, Facebook was no longer led by number number one and number two, but more number one and many. Um, so, and given that um, uh, there's, um, is it Fiji Samo? Is that the name of the lady that's left this week? The, the um, One of the execs has moved on this week as well to Instacart, isn't it, to become their CEO? Yeah. And so there is a, there's a little bit of shift in movement around in terms of the sort of the, the way that it operates. And, and certainly they've, I think it's been talked about in a couple of articles, they've put Mark Zuckerberg kind of much more front and central in terms of these feature uh, announcements and product development stuff and, and being, you know, back to what he used to be a bit more like. And then he kind of went quiet for a number of years. And now he's he's all over the place and then dropping in all sorts of stuff. So, uh, yes, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's quite a lot of salacious gossip, but um, I'm not sure at the moment it's uh, revealing loads of stuff that uh, is going to shock uh, shot the world on this one. Um, talking about um, execs from Facebook, which is quickly a quick plug for the, the uh, podcast that we're doing. So 
next week we're doing this uh, podcast and i mentioned at the beginning but we're going to do it as a twitter space next um, week is the first one and um, it's me, me martin and we're chatting to will cathcart from whatsapp who's the head of whatsapp and he's gonna come along and chat on thursday at 4 30 p.m uk time uh, next thursday and uh probably chat for about half an hour 45 minutes about things to do with messaging um sort of the the relationships between the apps like the integration in the background of you know instagram and messenger and, and whatsapp some of the stuff that we've probably talked about on this uh, twitter space around you know some of the not so great communication and pr from for some of their privacy um, features and changes in their rules and a whole load of other stuff that other people want us to to chat about so yeah if you're interested in that that's next thursday it's going to be good and we've got um, over the next few weeks and months we've got quite a few really cool guests from the world of social media that uh, will be joining us so uh, it's going to be good Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Um, let's jump into some other bits and bit bobs. Um, so what have we got? Uh, yeah, so um, Facebook funded this study this week, didn't it? Um, that has found that Apple, unsurprisingly, that Apple and Google stifles competition with its default mobile apps. Um, uh, I don't know how much you have to have to lean on the fact that Facebook funded it versus what it's discovered and how much is tainted by all of that. But nonetheless, in terms of if you believe the, the details of the report, it, it shows probably what most people might have guessed, that the fact that these default apps kind of have quite a, a big piece of real estate on these phones and, and uh, limits potentially other ones being there in their place, and there's not much competition there, that it's uh, they dominate the charts as to the apps that people open most and use most in certain categories and things. Um, what, is there any value in it because it's funded by facebook or do you think it still makes a reasonable point i mean it seems to make a reasonable point i don't think it's anything that anyone would be surprised by like you say i think really what we can read from this is that facebook is lining up um a, a stream of pr and uh, potentially useful things in antitrust cases uh, and court cases and things uh, that uh, it can use as ammunition in the future to help put its side across, especially against Apple in its uh, disputes against them. So, uh, so yeah, not really surprising at all. Um, just a, a useful bit of uh, uh, corporate positioning and comms to, to fund uh, a study like this. Um, but, uh, yes, it is... Uh, kind of convenient that the study found something that would be useful to facebook yeah and facebook is also um, building its own city i think i think i knew this or there was news about this 
some time ago. So um, yeah. I'm not sure for everyone else if it's news, but certainly there was more details in, it was on Hacker Noon, I think, and uh, goes into a bit more detail about kind of the scale of what this basically Facebook, Facebook city. Uh, <laughs> it, it paints a, a great sort of episode of Black Mirror sort of style, doesn't it? But at the same time, it kind of makes sense with the scale yeah. of, the, of Facebook yeah. as an operation. Um, and it's not like forcing people to live there. So it's just a, it's just a unique, yeah. but, and it's, it's, not, it's not the first, surely Google or something must have similar I'm not from that neck of the woods. I, I don't think there's anything quite like that on that scale. Certainly, um, states like Nevada are trying to bring uh, people like tech companies in to set up massive towns of their own where they can set their own rules and things like that. Um, so I think for companies that need to hire lots and lots of people and give them a certain standard of life um, without paying massive salaries so you know if you if you're in silicon valley for example you've got to pay so much uh, to, to people just to live there to afford the cost of living you know people talk about the high salaries of engineers at places like facebook gets a lot of that is just because <laughs> there's a lot of competition for them for a start but also the cost of living in san francisco and silicon valley is enormous like eye-watering so uh if facebook can have its own little town where it, it, it controls things a lot more then that's that's good for good for it so uh so yeah it's a bit less extreme than the nevada example where they can have their own laws and things and i don't know if that's actually going to go ahead that was something that was being mooted a few months ago but uh, it's interesting to see um a lot of this happening yep 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 um in uh, other things to do with google and facebook there was a story this week about um google removing nine apps from the play store for stealing uh user users of facebook's passwords and uh it says that the apps that they found that these researchers uncovered which were sort of sneakily getting the uh, facebook login details through this app on on, on google play the, these apps were f downloaded 5.8 million times uh, as to how many successes there um, it had i haven't gone into the, the there's quite a lot of detail in here from the actual research papers it might be worth digging into if you were curious to know what the outcome of it all was but certainly um, on face value of the headline it's uh, not particularly great one for for either google or or facebook i wouldn't imagine um what else have we got? Twitter. So, oh, there's, there's been more developments this week around Twitter and it having to comply with these kind of international rules by the different countries it's kind of in. So, Russia and uh, is it Nigeria and uh, and now India as well. Of course, is um, placing quite specific strict rules around the you know the operations of these platforms in, in order to kind of maintain some some legal protections and keep being able to be used in these countries. Um, and so, Twitter's kind of been given an ultimatum pretty much by um, the Indian government, which meant they had to uh, abide by some of the latest rules, otherwise face uh, losing their legal immunity. So they've started to put in place um, hiring certain roles that they need to hire for to kind of comply with this law. Um, but it does say, I think, in, there, in the Reuters article that I read about it, that you know, it doesn't mean that they were necessarily work, that they, will, they won't challenge it. Uh, they're still, they're just biding their time, I guess, whilst they're trying mm. to figure out what to do. Um, it's, it's getting smaller and smaller in terms of op options here for, for Twitter and these other companies. We've, every week we seem to have talked about it and someone else plays their next hand in this game and now it's it's down to this so I'm not sure where it goes after this. What do you reckon? Yeah, well, it's going to come down to crunch time where these companies and i keep saying this and uh, we'll see we'll see what happens but i think at some point uh, they're going to have to decide whether they're, whether they're going to really go through with um they're going to be presented with a situation where the government will say you've got to remove all of these posts and um you know you, you'll uh, you'll be in massive trouble if you don't and 
at some point that's going to have real repercussions on freedom of speech but also beyond the country where it happens it's going to have uh, blowback reputationally i always think back to the time that google uh, pulled out of china because it was getting so much blowback in america from uh, the the compromises it had to make uh, in order to do business there in terms of kind of user surveillance and censorship and things like that uh, that it had to pull out this was years ago and um uh, and i can't see that not happening if you look at the kind of censorship that is being mandated and being lined up in places like india and russia yeah absolutely well it, it it's continues to escalate and it's kind of reaching sort of the, the max of of that i think like you were just saying so we'll see what they uh do next in kind of the ongoing saga with it all um some news um, clubhouse i was just before we came into this space i tweeted because I, I saw clubhouse on my second or third screen of scrolling of apps and i went oh man open that and i was thinking back to when i would have opened it and i could remember when it was and i think the last time i opened the clubhouse app was 22 days ago um, <laughs> And, and even then, it was just to see if there was a new feature in there. I wasn't really interested in using it. Um, so, yeah, so it shows you, and it shows you how much uh, I, I care about it. But look, quite a few people have said to me the same. So I'm not, I don't think I'm the only one who's kind of not really there anymore or as much as they were um the reason i mentioned clubhouse is because there was a story that came out this week uh, on uh, the version a few other places about the nfl so the nfl had previously done a lot of kind of paid or kind of co-branded kind of stuff for with clubhouse and used clubhouse as kind of its audio app of choice being that probably was one of the few at the very beginning that you could use um but they've switched and now i've got this kind of deal quite a big deal it seems with um, twitter spaces um so they're going to hold like 20 different twitter spaces throughout the uh NFL season um, coming up and with lots of clips and, and other features. And they're also going to open up to some of the other brand sponsors of, of the NFL as well to kind of participate in um, these spaces. So uh, starting to see the signs of, of, of branded Twitter spaces and, yeah. and bigger, bigger names using it. Have you seen any other ones? I don't think I've seen any. I've not seen anything on that scale. I think what we're seeing now, though, is that how, how this kind of live audio is becoming professionalized and becoming something a bit more than just let's have an ad hoc room and have a chat um uh, let's get a let's get elon musk in uh, as a bit of a novelty that kind of thing is turning into something a bit more programmed and a bit more professional and a bit more branded and all of that so it's interesting to see it's a maturing medium it's maturing very quickly so uh, it's good to see um i i do uh, think that with that though is that they're going to need some better tools because uh, are they really going to have people? Uh, are, are the NFL going to be uh, sitting talking to their phones to to do this? <laughs> like, uh, and I know that they're bringing it. They're bringing the ability to speak to the desktop, which will definitely help. Uh, that's in the quick hits section this week um, of the newsletter uh, that uh, Twitter is going to let people. Um, it's working on uh, letting people actually. That you can already listen to Spaces on the mm. web on desktop, but they're actually going to let you. Uh, talk otherwise as well so if you can plug in a decent quality usb mic that's great what i'd love to see though is i'd love to see one of these uh, social audio companies whether it's twitter whether it's spotify or whoever acquire a company like riverside fm or squadcast yeah. live podcasting tools that are really mature and let you record in a really high quality um and also but if you could also stream to say twitter spaces from somewhere like riverside I that would... would be brilliant I would imagine that what they'll do with that is they'll just be one of those kind of uh, their 
partnership things they have you know they have like marketing partners for facebook and they yeah. have all, of, all the sort of vendors that have all the tools i would imagine that's probably how it will be done possibly, possibly, opening up the api it, for it and, and yeah, then kind of building possibly. it into kind of the publishing creator tools um but who knows yeah i think it yeah. would be much uh, would be useful for, for certainly more professional <laughs> use of it when, uh, <laughs> when more brands want to start playing around and need to do it in in kind of those sort of circumstances um let's have a look at some other bits and pieces we've also got uh TikTok, yeah, wants to send video re- you to send video resumes. So there's a, a basically like a LinkedIn slash whatever you know thing you want to stick in the headline to tie it to the fact that it's a jobs resume type feature. Uh, TikTok's kind of expanding upon that for very kind of narrow set of jobs for a sort of subset of its users, I would say. But um, it goes to show again, like these, I keep reading different stories each week about really creative uh, ways people are using TikTok and beyond the obvious of kind of funny short videos or or kind of other kind of informative kind of videos there's just all this other stuff going on and i guess tiktok's leaning into um, a lot of these kind of areas of interest in finding ways to kind of whether it's create spaces for, for creators to monetize or for themselves to, to make some money um and expand um, expand the app it's not quite got to the stage where it's uh, instagram bloat with features um, but it's uh, it's certainly got room to, to add a few more bits and pieces in there um what else have we got um, tiktok unsurprisingly for the, however many months in a row it's had it now is the most downloaded app again for june um globally across i think most is it, i think it's both all platforms uh yeah so that's android and ios as well um and there's a stat that's we've highlighted in the newsletter as well about um, it, tiktok now being for sh- uh, more time spent using tiktok than facebook in the u.s I think there's some other countries as well, um, which I think was probably what we expected by this point, given the lockdown we've been in and all the. I can't get get away from TikTok anymore. Like now that it's on the football everywhere, it's like literally every advert, everything. They're just blanket advertising. You can't get away from it all. Um, this story about YouTube this week was. Um, what did you pick this up about the um, algorithm directing views to false and sexualized videos and stuff? What did you make of all of this? Because there's you know constant criticism of the platforms in terms of their their algorithms and and do they kind of have bias in built in them or um, are they you know created in such a way that kind of incentivizes the wrong behaviors and all this sort of stuff? And this is one where it's about it's the uh, recommended videos that YouTube serves up. They used uh, I think it was a plugin, wasn't it? A Chrome extension that the, the study used to, to track uh, by agreement with the users of YouTube um, when they were um, watching YouTube videos and then um, seeing any video that they thought was inappropriate or you know things that shouldn't be up there. Um, how many of those videos were things that the algorithm had purposely steered you towards and told you to kind of have a look at versus ones they'd search for themselves? And there was just a, the numbers were, were really interesting in there. And it's uh, it's in the Wall Street Journal, but I think a lot of other places picked it up. Um, not particularly good message for for YouTube, but I would sus- I suspect that if they did a drains up on many of these algorithms, that they might get very similar results. Would you think? Yeah, it's, it's a reminder of just how huge the scale of the problem places like youtube have uh, obviously they've made improvements over the years i don't think it's uh, from my own experience it's not as bad as it used to be where you just seem to get uh, directed to conspiracy theory videos no matter no matter what you were watching you you, you ended up somewhere uh, someone saying 9-11 was an inside job or something you know <laughs> uh, very yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it's a lot better than it was but uh yeah they clearly have a long way to go and it's, it's interesting because it's the kind of thing that you don't necessarily get unless you have this kind of uh, uh, extension that can save this kind of data and it's, it's been interesting to see some social platforms actually 
blocking this kind of thing. I think Facebook has, uh, has 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 tried to stop this kind of study happening, uh, but uh, but it's worked for you, uh, for Mozilla with YouTube here. And uh, you, studies like this are really really valuable as long as the research is being done with rigor. And um, so I think uh, that to be honest, I, I think that um, social networks should allow this kind of thing and should actually welcome this kind of thing as a kind of external audit of what they're doing and how well they're doing. Uh, you know, for example, you know, some VPN software will have um, an external audit to prove that they're not doing anything dodgy with your data. I think that in in this kind of case, I think having algorithmic audits from the outside and a kind of seal of approval for how well they're doing is probably a worthwhile thing. I, 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 for a long time, and I maybe to some degree still do think that that's the same, because I read lots of articles about one of the, some ideas that different regulators were thinking. I think even the British government were thinking of having kind of like uh, a council that looks at algorithms, you know, something that's kind of d- developed specifically for that kind of auditing of it. But I also seem to remember listening to one of, the, I don't know if it was someone from Facebook, one of the execs from there or somewhere else talking about that idea. And, and the as with all of these things, the inherent problems that people may not have actually thought about and how tricky that would be and and actually Mm -hmm. would it serve as a purpose so i'm kind of unsure as to to the value of it at the moment but but worth worth noting that on in this week's newsletter we had a story where facebook has commissioned a report that basically slap you know slaps horrible stuff against uh, its competitors and mozilla versus chrome on on the browser front mozilla has also just done the same with look what youtube are up to and what google's up to so um i love the fact they're all just throwing mud at each other at the moment (laughs) um what else we got in the news uh, d- 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 uh, so yeah, some little features in new YouTube, but some of them more significant for creators. Where there's one that, where um, they've teamed up with this company where you can cre- um, create, if you're a creator, custom rewards for your channel's members um, with this partnership with uh, I think it's got Emo Am- Jam. I think that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. right, um, and you can create like custom gifts and like kind of digital um, kind of uh, frames and rewards and things. Um, so it's another. Just another kind of string when you're uh, to your bow when you're in in YouTube in terms of tools to use to kind of monetize from and uh, uh, lots of these things are, are cropping up at the moment. Um, YouTube Shorts. Have you been playing with YouTube Shorts yet? Have you seen much of it when you've been in YouTube? Because I no, I haven't. I haven't got it on my account yet, as far as I can see. I can I occasionally see some in there, um, but uh, but yeah, I haven't seen a huge amount of them. But uh, someone was chatting to me this week. There's an article on Android Central. And I did a, a quote for them about you know that actually YouTube is really in a strong position, but compared to some of the other platforms out there, if it really wants to compete with you know TikTok, given the, the, the amount of content that exists already on, on YouTube and the ways that they could help that to be part of the kind of the creation cycle, much like TikTok does with audio and it's kind of you know rejuvenated kind of that kind of use of video and how people create videos and stuff but um but yeah there's a, a great article android central and why youtube video um, shorts is the best position to compete with with tiktok is worth uh, a read uh, i'm gonna scroll a bit down so we get 20 we've got about 10 15 minutes uh, to see yeah this cropped up there's this new feature from uh, instagram um this week that uh, someone may be aware of um called limits um and it's, it's kind of along the same way of limiting actions on on, the, on accounts to kind of give you more control if you're being trolled or, or um, harassed or whatever. But this feature kind of gives you a couple of extra options for when you're kind of being targeted by uh, abuse by groups of people uh, and sort of getting in before that kind of that 
cocaine hits if you're somebody that's you know, gets a gang of people want to counsel you or whatever then th- this is this might be useful for you so um social media today have covered it and i think maybe a few others by now because it was only yesterday someone um pointed out to me but if you i said if you small number of people have got it i think i found it if you went to your settings and then privacy and then yeah in the list of all the different privacy options there's one that says limits at the top if you've got it um, one of my accounts has one of them hasn't so maybe have a have a look um loads of stuff in quick hits but i don't propose to go through all of them that i think is probably more of a it's just too much in there this week again but there's loads of stuff about new features on facebook twitter instagram whatsapp things that probably haven't quite made the news but maybe be interesting to people who want to know what's going on or coming down the line for, for these platforms some of them have made that like, tech crunch have um, covered some of them but a lot of them haven't and it's the same characters that uh, are the sources so great thanks to like jane wong of course and alex uh, who's on twitter is alex193 um, and there's a whole host of other names you'll start seeing regularly. Uh, Testing Catalog is another one that's really good. They're all great accounts on Twitter that uh, share and leak all this kind of stuff. So I'll tell you the one I really like this week in quick hits. Uh, YouTube working on unlockable achievements to keep creators incentivized. So when you reach certain uh, milestones with your subscribers and things like that, you, you get a, a new achievement badge uh, to, to add to your, um, to, your, uh, to your account. So I think uh, gamification isn't dead. It's like... Never <laughs> gone away is it? All over again. i love it i i, I i'm a sucker for apps which are there's no need for me to have like a, a, a completion goal step thing but it, they stick it in there as a little reward and i i will and find myself trying to make yeah. sure the, the psychology of needing to complete something and you know not leave it there and you know unsorted um but anyway let's um, have a look at the weekend reads because there were some really good ones i read the one that is at the top of the weekend reads this week is um how tiktok pro- products go viral on vox um and it's really interesting to sort of see how this quite significant shift in how people consume buy products become become aware of the products uh, and the speed at which particularly tiktok's algorithm can suddenly propel them to kind of astronomical levels of i need that thing from that small supermarket is selling a really not that special product but everyone needs to have it now uh, or the amazon product which is like it draws your curtains for you, you stick a little uh, completely useless things but are really fun uh, it talks a little bit about you know how um, companies uh, are really taking advantage of it and both small little brands and companies making like products that they're getting them made in china and then shipping them out in, in bulk through to um brands that are actually seeing how they can u- use this really effectively and uh, but they have to be really ready for the sudden inload of kind of orders because it can go um, um, viral so quickly um have you bought any products after seeing on tiktok yeah i haven't I'll, I'll be honest they do strike me as the next generation of those really bad adverts you see on like, cable <laughs> tv um, late at night or like you, you i don't know you watch like a uh, you watch like i don't know comedy central or something and then you switch your tv off and the next morning you turn it on and uh, that channel comes on but uh, there's there's nothing on the channel so they've got these really bad infomercials for the super duster that can dust your whole house with one wipe and, and that kind of thing it does kind of strike me as a, those kinds of things um but maybe aimed at a, a younger audience uh but uh, but hey if it works it works so uh, so it's interesting to see um what's old just keeps coming back in, in new ways there is, and the other, and one of the other ones before I'll um, let you pick which ones you, you're liking this week um, was the one that Facebook put out. Actually, it was um, a bit of their kind of more in-depth uh, sort of explanations and details around how they, the, the teams developing the products and the company as a whole, come up against these really difficult 
dilemmas over things that there's no real regulation for and it's there's never going to be a, a, a yes or a no a binary yes no answer to, and, and be right or wrong in terms of a decision that's a feature that could be built could benefit all these people because it serves all of these great purposes yet it will for a certain group of users may have a, a negative impact and how do you weigh up which one to go and it's really i found it um, really interesting and, and it's not just about you know facebook saying oh, we've got a tough job isn't it poor us it, it's actually quite a sensible decent read about the those um, benefits and trade-offs that they have to kind of think about when developing products and features um what did you pick up there's a few other ones in there what did you read this week yeah um i, I we talked about TikTok are being used in all sorts of interesting ways. And uh, there was one uh, this week from NBC News. Uh, TikTok is taking the book industry by storm and retailers are taking notice uh, how BookTok has sent old books back to the top of bestseller lists and helped launch careers of new authors. Uh, just interesting to see uh, another dimension of how a new medium, which you can argue TikTok is, uh, a new take on video, a fresh take on video, is slowly being adopted by far more different types of people and been used in far more different types of ways than just the fun comedy viral videos and dances and things uh, which it's known for so uh, so yeah uh, just well worth looking into in terms of uh, another dimension on tiktok yeah absolutely there's, there's a few other pieces in there as well there's an article about how um, sort of ai tech has been used um, to sort of monitor social media by the police and uh, you know how far is too far in terms of kind of that surveillance and tech um and there's uh, there's lots of talk about this in other places but you know one of the pieces around does does facebook not taking a cut of creators fees at the end um, which is what it's planning to do for a short period with some of its newer products like bulletin and uh, and maybe its audio products um is that predatory pricing is that unfair tactics or is that of completely fair game because that's not new it's like i think when I, like i was studying business at university in like in, in uh-huh. 2002 or whatever it was um you know they, those were sort of stuff that in the textbooks were talking about supermarkets you know like they price it low make a loss get people in the stores and and then dominate in terms of products on the ends of aisles to kind of catch your eye and stuff this is just that again in terms of you know facebook kind of got got the scale and the profits to be able to absorb some of this cost and 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 survive a bit longer to hopefully maybe flush out some of the competitors but how far can you go with that with a company that's the size of facebook before it's actually un- unreasonable and and the thing is i guess tracking how much impact it really has on on other businesses which i guess they'd, they'd argue about so the cows can come with the thought but um do you think fair fair game or not I thought it was an interesting perspective. Um, it was an interesting perspective. So um, that was by um, uh, uh, Will Aramis, who is yes, now Washington at Post. the uh, Washington Post. Yeah, he's just, he just moved over to the Washington Post um, as a uh, analysis writer for technology news over there. And uh, yeah, I, th- I thought it was an interesting idea and an interesting perspective that um, maybe hasn't been discussed much before. When you, when you look at kind of hey, we're we're not we're not taking a cut for two years or whatever, um, and. I think there's something in it, but at the same time, uh, you really do have to, uh, yeah, you have to look at the impact it has rather than the impact you assume it has. Um, because in the end, people will go, I mean, price is obviously one thing and how much you get, how much money you get from it, but tools are another thing and community and all these other things are also important. So, Will Facebook win over creators by not taking a cut for a certain amount of time? Possibly some, but I think the competitive landscape is so broad 
that you have some people who will say, well, I'd never even consider going to Facebook, even if they're not taking a cut. Or you'd have other people saying, well, yeah, I might spread around a bit and, and do some on Facebook and some elsewhere. And so I wonder whether it's uh, in danger of being overblown to worry too much about it. But an interesting perspective, at least. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I'm going to um, start bringing it all to a close. Before we do wrap things up, um, I just just want to know where are you going to be on Sunday when England win the Euros? Because that's what's going to happen on Sunday. Are you going to be anywhere special to celebrate that moment? Or um, well, I'll be at home. <laughs> what, what time? What time's kick off? I'd imagine it's eight, isn't it? It would normally be with a thought. Uh, I'll, but... I'll be hoping my kids are asleep, and then I'll be uh, probably catching the second half and um, and. Uh, nail biting it's right till the end uh, 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 or, or, or watching through my hands as Italy score a million goals but no that's uh, not going to happen it's coming home it's happening. It. It's well happening. Uh, my kids are going to want to watch it I think so they're going to have a late night and I, I don't mind it you know I think there's absolutely every parental reason I can sort of justify to my school <laughs> the next day that they, they need it's a moment of history potentially um anyway uh yeah um, before we let everyone go then th- next week if you want to hear from the head of whatsapp um, Will, um, he's going to be on the show on Thursday at 4.30 on Twitter Spaces, 4.30 UK time Thursday, talking about everything that WhatsApp's up to, and we're going to quiz him on all sorts of other bits and pieces as well. Um, and if you haven't seen the newsletter this week, and that's what we've just been going through, then if you look at the top of this space, you'll find uh, the links to both the uh, next week's uh, podcast episode in Twitter Space, but also the link to the newsletter, so you can uh, subscribe to it and do whatever you want with it. Hopefully it's useful. Right, I'm going to head off and uh, get ready for this uh, winning weekend for England and I will speak to you all next week have a good one man